Lord, let your presence around this place today, God. Let your mighty power let, reach down and touch and minister to every need. God, you know every need this morning, God. I plead the blood, I plead the blood, I plead the blood over this place today, God, in your presence in this house. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. we got an awesome lesson today. The title of our lesson is The Life God Blesses. The Life That God Blesses. Our lesson text is found in Matthew, the fifth chapter, verses 1 through 12, and Galatians 5, verses 19 through 25. Amen. Brother Bill, it's good to see you this morning. We've been praying for you. I'm glad God touched you and, and you're able to be back up again. Amen. Praise the Lord. Matthew, the fifth chapter, verses 1 through 12. <clears throat> and seeing the multitude, he went up into a mountain. And when he was set, his disciples came unto him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they, are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, uh, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteous' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Amen. Galatians, the fifth chapter, verses 19, 19 through 20. And I'm just going to read that last one verse there. We don't want to leave it out. Now, the work of the flesh are manifested, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strites, seditions, and heresies, envying, murder, Murderers, drunkenness, reveling, and such like of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and the lust. If we live, if we live in the Spirit, let us, walk, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desires of vain glory, provoking one another, envying one another. God bless you. you may be seated this morning. As I was studying this morning, the Lord just began to lay this thought on my heart, and I want to I say it to you today. 
if you ever doubted that God loves you, if the enemy, and I know he works all the time trying to make us feel sometimes that God really doesn't love us or he, he doesn't care about us or he hasn't or doesn't hear and answer our prayer. But I want to remind you this morning to take another look at Calvary. Just stop and take a look at Calvary and get a picture in your mind what the Lord went through for us. Amen. That we could have life and that we could have it more abundantly. And while you're taking a look at Calvary, you'll find another picture of Calvary in Isaiah, the 53rd chapter, verses 5 through 8. Read it again, and it'll help you get a better picture. And when you finish with that verse, go down to Matthew, the 27th chapter, and read that chapter again of the crucifixion and what Jesus went through for us that we could have life and that we could have it more abundantly. Amen. Sometimes life tries to get us down. Sometimes life only wants us to see the bad things. But that's when we got to be reminded of Calvary and what the Lord has done for us. Amen. Praise God. God give us life. God give us joy. God give us peace. God give us hope. God give us deliverance. God give us anything and everything that we could ever desire or ask for. Sometimes we don't get it when we think we ought to or we want to, but God is still God. It doesn't mean that God don't love us, amen, or that God don't care for us, amen, because he does, amen. Praise the Lord. God loves to pour out blessings upon his children. But God has especially shown compassion on the pain, the weary, and the downtrodden. When Jesus began his, minute, his public ministry, he read from Isaiah 61, 1 and 2. And I want to read those scriptures now. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord had anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He had sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive, and the opening of the prison to them who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, and to comfort all that mourn. God has not given us the Spirit or the Holy Ghost today, just to keep it in here. But God, give us the Spirit of God to go and to preach this gospel to everybody, to reach souls out there. The world is full of the hungry. The world is full of the hurting. The world is full of those that need a touch from that only God can give. And you and I hold that within our hearts and our hands and our abilities to give that to the lost, amen. To give that to those that are out there hurting today. To give that to, the, to those who have no hope, amen. I don't want to just keep it on the inside of me, amen. But I want it to flow through me and not only through me, but out of me that others could feel 
Amen. The God that I serve, whenever I'm in the, in the face of somebody else or I'm around somebody else, amen, that I want the power of God so strong within me that they, they feel something. They may not know what it is, but when they walk away, they would say, just like the two was walking with Jesus, didn't our hearts burn within us? Amen. Something about those people, amen, that they've got that I can't feel it anywhere else but when I'm in the midst of that Holy Ghost filled bunch there is a power there there is a present there there is a, a, a love a unity a anointing that you can't just feel everywhere hallelujah amen I've heard it a many a time uh, even by others in other denominations uh, there's something about that apostolic bunch when they begin to sing, when they begin to preach, when they begin to pray, when they begin to worship, there's just something there that's liking here. Amen. Uh, I kind of got tickled. I think it was Brother uh, Tammy, uh, Sister Tammy, somebody come up to her uh, in the uh, in the. Uh, back here when we was having refreshments the other day and, and said, well, I'm this denomination. I won't call that denomination out. But y'all sure do have good food. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. You know, well, if that's what it takes to get you to notice our bunch. We got some good food, don't we? Amen. But I want them to notice more about that. I want them to feel something inside, amen, that will draw them to the presence of God and realize that we have a God that cares, amen. We have a God that sits on the throne, and he's just not sitting there idly minded, but he is looking over with love and compassion to you and I today to whatever we may be facing. Amen. I looked up that the word meek just to look it up, and, and it's, it means an attitude or a quality of heart, of, of a, a, a quality of a, I can't even read my own writing. It's a quality whereby a person is willing to accept and submit without resistance to the will and the desires of someone else. And we're talking about that someone else today happened to be God. But it's a person who is willing to submit and accept and be willing to accept their will to the will of God. No matter what the will of God is, that's how much we want to love God. Amen. That's what meekness is. No matter, we're not questioning God and we're not, we're, we're not saying why we got to do this or why we got to do that. When you really love God or love someone, you're going you're gonna to be submitted. You're going to be uh, in, in unity with them, with their desire, with their, whenever it, you're married today, you're not just, we don't just worry about our own, getting our own desires fulfilled. Amen. But I like to know what my wife's desires are. I like to know what she's feeling. 
I like to know where she wants to go. Do you want to eat here today? Or what, how, can I, how can I help you today? That's being submitted to my companion. Amen. It's not just all about me, but it's about you too. Amen. And that's the way God is. God is not saying it's all about me. You do what I do. But when we love God, it doesn't matter what God requires of us. Amen. That, that we will submit and commit ourselves to the will of God. Amen. Matthew says in Matthew the 11th chapter, verse 28 and 30, Jesus saying, Here, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. We have to learn of God, don't we? Amen. He's real. God is real. And he really does love us, and he really does care for us. Amen. But there's a world out there that's never known that love. They don't know how it really feels to have God living on the inside of you. They've heard about him. I know I was listening to Richie uh, here a while back going, and he was testifying to a lady uh, where he was getting his prescription, and they were just uh, having fun back and forth together. And all of a sudden he said, do you know God? And she said, well, I, I kind of hit her surprisingly. She said, well, I know there's a higher power out there somewhere. And I thought, and I, I said, well, I'm going to listen to see what's going to happen next. And he said, that power just happens to be Jesus, the one that loves you, and he wants you to know that he loves you and he cares about you. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. That's what it's all about, knowing Jesus today. Amen. That no matter where, the, where we go or what we do, that we will look at somebody else and, and want to know, are you privileged yet to know my God? Have you ever met the Master? Amen. Have you ever met the Savior? Who is it? You know, we're looking at, we're living in a world today that says, who is a Savior? Who is the master? Who is this Jesus? Even though we've got the gospel going all over the world and people literally hear it, they don't know who he is. They don't know what he really do, will do for them because they've never given him a chance. Amen. But I want to open up my heart and I want to reach others' heart that they will give God a chance to show his love and his compassion to them. Amen. That's why he came. That's why he came. We just read it in the Beatitudes. That's why he came. He came to seek and to save those which were lost. That included the whole world today. That included me and you. Aren't you glad somebody stopped by your house one day and shared the love of God with you, told you about God? You may not have responded right off the bat, but somewhere there was a seed planted, Brother Grisham, way down in your heart, amen. And when you looked around and you saw the church, they may not have said nothing, but there was something in there. That seed was still growing in there, one day you responded to that conviction that was being planted where God gave the increase. 
Somebody planted, somebody watered, but God give the increase. Amen. The Bible tells us that we can't come to God until the Spirit of God draws us. But we got to plant a seed first. And somebody's going to come along and water it after that and encourage it to grow. And before you know it, God is going to give an increase, Brother Paul. It don't matter sometimes when we up here preaching, we feel like we've been a failure. But he said, my word will not go out and return void. Sometime when you're knocking on a door or sometime when you're reaching to somebody's soul, it may look like you have not gained them. But don't let the devil lie to you. You believe God. You trust in God. God's going to send somebody else to do some watering. Or God is going to, himself is going to draw that soul when it gets time. He's got a time in it, and he's going to do the finished work. We can't save them, but we can sure witness to them. Amen. We can sure testify about this God and make him so real. And you know what? He's got to be real to me and you before you can make him real to anybody else. I don't care what hell throws your way. God has got to be God no matter despite what hell ever does to you. You still got to believe that he is God and no matter what that he will do abundantly above all we can ever think or imagine. We got to be, Paul said, I am persuaded we got to get persuaded before we can be effective. We do. we got to be persuaded that God is God. And whether he ever answers my prayer or not, I'm going to love him. I'm going to preach his name. I'm going to be a witness. I'm going to walk with him. I'm going to live for him. If I never get another prayer answered, I've seen enough of the power of God that I know he's real. And I'm not going to let the enemy take my victory away. But I'm going to hold on because I'm going to reap what I sowed one day. Hallelujah. If we reap to the flesh, we're going to reap the flesh. But, or suffer the flesh. But if we reap to the spirit, we're going to reap spiritual blessings. Amen. Amen. What a mighty God we serve. It's our job, our duty as God's chosen people to proclaim this, this gospel to a dying world in this last days, to bring the news of hope, of deliverance, of victory, of healing, and of salvation to this lost and dying world today. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Mark, the 16th chapter, verses 15 said, Jesus told his disciples, he said, go ye into all the world and preach this gospel. Good news. Gospel is good news. Amen. Praise God. Good news. I, wanna, I got some good news I want to bring to you. Amen. I was looking at Facebook the other day and, and I'd scrolled up and how many ever seen, and you might say I'm a sinner, but that's okay. I am saved by grace. But I was scrolling, and something caught my attention. I don't know how many has ever looked at um, America's Got Talent, 
Don't be afraid to raise your hand. <laughs> Amen. Anyway, they had a, a preacher on there. I don't know if they, knew, they didn't know he was a preacher, but he was an apostolic preacher from, from Africa somewhere. I don't remember now just where. But anyway, when that man got up there, they said, what are you here for? And he said, I'm here to proclaim the good news. This gospel to this lost and dying world. And he began to preach Jesus and him crucified. And he began to preach uh, about his healing power, about his delivering, about his saving grace. Right there on public TV to millions that were out there watching everywhere. Amen. That's what I'm talking about today. Amen. We can't be ashamed. Amen. Whether we're on a public TV program or we're in the supermarket or wherever we at. We got to learn to get out that old pride and that old fear under subjection and begin to preach Jesus to this lost and dying world because we never know the next one we pass by might be needing a word of hope, a word of comfort. Somebody just tell me how I can get rid of these demons that are tormenting me and be delivered and the only way is through the blood of Calvary and what he did for us, amen. Not only us, but for the world today. Peter said in verse Peter 2 and 9, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that ye should Show forth the praises of him who had brought you out of darkness into his marvelous light. I remember when I first got the Holy Ghost, I couldn't wait to tell somebody else about it. Come on. Somewhere down the road, I believe sometimes we lose that excitement. Amen. We begin to let what people may think or say about us, and we get scared to testify about what God done for us. Amen. But whenever we first got the Holy Ghost, there was such joy in there. We wanted to love everybody. We wanted to tell everybody, you just got to know what Jesus did for me, how he picked me up and he brought me out, how he baptized me with the Holy Ghost in fire, how he took put joy down in my soul, how he turned my life around. I was so bound, Brother T, but God picked me up and took me and turned me around and he gave me a hunger and a desire to live for him, to serve him, and to tell others about him. It's not in our lesson or in my notes, but Jesus said I had somewhat against you. He's talking to one of the seven churches of Asia, and he said, I have somewhat against you. You've left your first love. Now, I tell you what, church, don't take me wrong. We have the most loving church that I have ever been in. But I can love more. I can show more love. I, I can stop by that one that is walking on the road. Pray for God's protection and help them out. I can witness to that one on the, on the street. I can do more for God than I'm doing right now. What I'm seeing today, our time is running out. Our time is running out. 
we got to work while it's day. The Bible says we got to work while it's day because tomorrow we're not promised tomorrow of. So we got to do what we got to do today. Amen. It's easy to just go home. It's easy to go to the restaurant and forget about what happened at church today. But we don't need to forget about it. We need to be stirred and shook. Amen. Even at the midnight hour, God can reach out and knock on our heart door and shake us awake where we won't go back to sleep until we fall on our faces and say, God, give me a bird and touch that soul out there. I may not know them, but you're convicting my heart for somebody. Reach down wherever they're at and touch them and bring them in. These groups can be classified, the groups that I read to you can be classified as those who feel empty, nagging, a nagging deficit deep in their soul. Jesus loved these groups dearly as, evident, as evidenced by the crowds who followed him. The prostitutes, the tax collectors, the common fishermen, the lepers, the blind, the lame, and others that needed healing. When challenged by the Pharisees why he associated with publicans and sinners, Jesus responded, They that are whole need not a physician but they that are sick, I am come to call, not to call the righteous, but the sinners to repentance. I don't know about you, Moss Hill Church, but I believe we're coming to that point where we're just going to have to get what we got in here and take it outside the doors to our communities more than we ever have before. Matthew 5, 3, and 11 is, a fam is famously known as the Beatitudes. It begins with Jesus' well-known Sermon on the Mount. The first group of, of the Beatitudes could be ca characterized as empty, the poor in spirit, they that mourn, the meek, the hungry for righteousness. There is considerable de debate concerning the phrase poor in spirit, Matthew 5 and 3, is the only place in the Bible where, the, where this phrase is found. Even in Luke's version of this passage, the author omitted in spirit, simply referring to the poor. Begin, being poor in spirit may refer to us when we ourselves as truly are limited, inadequate beings in need of God's grace. We realize the absence of hope when we trust in our humanity alone. Once we realize our need of God and the insufficiency of our humanity, God is able to fill us as a sincere seeker with His Spirit. And we become heirs of Christ and inhabitants of His kingdom. But it's not until we come to the knowledge where I can't make it without God. I've got to have him. When I get up in the morning, I, I, I want God to know i got to have you today, God. I can't live on yesterday's blessing. I can't live on what we had way back. I, I need you today, God. i got to have you today. And I know we live in a world, and, and I was going to read those scriptures, and, and I, I didn't. But over in Revelation, again, the last church, I think, 
uh, I can't remember what the last church was, Laodicean, I think. And, and, and they said they're rich, they have need of nothing. And Jesus told them, said, you don't even realize you're poor and you're naked and you're blind. You have need of everything. Just because we may have money in the bank, just because we may have uh, cars and, and houses and land and all this, that will never buy our soul for eternity. Amen. It will drag our soul to hell for eternity. But Jesus is the way, the truth, the life forevermore. And it's only through him does that fountain flow. Amen. That gives that life-giving blood that keeps us motivating from day to day. That covers our sins, our faults, and our failures. There's no other way, no other name under heaven given among man whereby we must be saved because he is the only one that shed the pure blood if we could have been saved by bullets and goats and all this Jesus would have never had to go to Calvary but he had to be that that supreme sacrifice the only pure sacrifice but brother he was willing to go for me and you if it had just been you brother Russell he would have died for you that you could have life and have it more abundantly I know all of us that's got children and we've seen them walk away. We can know how Jesus feels because he's got more than we ever thought about having. And he sees his children all over the world. And he sees those that love him and serve him and he sees those that walk away for whatever reason. But one thing about it, Brother Bill, when we are a parent, a true parent, we never give up on our children. I don't care how far they go. I don't care. We not, might not be pleased and happy with what they do, but we never give up on our children or our grandchildren or our loved ones. We keep digging into that throne room. We keep coming before the, the throne of grace and mercy until finally one day the answer comes and that old heart gets convicted. Sister Rhonda, I believe them kids are coming home. Amen. Sister Tammy, I believe those kids are coming home. Whoever you are in this house today, if you got lost children, don't never give up on them. Put your feet into the, into the sand and hold on to the throne of God and get a hold of that old altar. We got to do it more than we've ever done it before. Time is running out. I got to get in my prayer room today. I got to hold on. I got to reach the throne room of God. Lord, they may be too far out there for me to reach, but your arm is not short that it cannot save, and neither is your ear heavy. This is the hope that gives me hope. I said, this is the hope that gives me hope. His arm is not too short that he can't reach. His ear is not heavy that he ain't hearing. I don't care what hell says. My God hears my prayer and his arm is reaching out. I've got proof. I've got proof. I just let one go to heaven this past week and I got another one that's serving God because I refuse to give up. Hell had them, drugs had them, everything that you can imagine had them, but nothing too hard that God could not break and deliver. 
If that ain't good news to you today, I don't know what is. I said, I don't know what is. That makes me shout. It makes me rejoice. It gives me a happy heart. Hell, you lost this battle last week. Hell, you lost the battle. He fought a good fight. He kept the faith. And today he's in peace and rest with God. I can just make it. Sister Ann, if I can just make it. But I know what I got to do to make it. I can't sit on my pew and cry. I can't sit on my pew and just waste my life away. I got to get up today and tell somebody else about the God that can save, about the God that can heal, about the God that can deliver. Somebody said, Brother Anthony, you prayed for years for Richie to be healed. I did, I did, and don't think I didn't fight hell about it, but it was not God's will. I accept that because I don't get up in the morning crying because I I hear him crying. I don't get up tomorrow. I won't get up tomorrow wondering what today he's going to have to go through with. The battle is won. Do you hear me? I said the battle is won. Victory is won because of Calvary. Because we wouldn't give up. He ain't crying today, Sister Vicky. He ain't sick today. Hallelujah. But he is enjoying the peace that passeth all understanding today. Jesus and I told somebody this at, at the funeral when God gave it to me. When I walked into this church house and I seen the body of my oldest laying right here and I began to weep and cry but the Holy Ghost come on me and I began to speak in tongues. Nobody was here, Brother Brother Mahaney, Brother Kyler, me, and, and Sister Donna. And every time I try to open my mouth, the Holy Ghost would start speaking. That's the peace giver. That's the comforter he promised. He didn't leave me just because I lost the son, but he was right there with me, giving me the peace that only brought me through what we've been through. Hallelujah, to give me the comfort. I need this comfort. I need this peace giver. I need this, this Holy Ghost in me. Amen, but I don't know what else to say. He can speak through me. He can speak, amen. I don't know what I was praying, but I promise you when God, when God was finished speaking through me I had the peace of God I knew I didn't have to worry anymore because God gave me the peace that I needed that's what he wants us to be able to give to others that's what he wants us to give to others it's real brother Paul it's real it's not just a thing that we do or just a work of a frenzy when we come to church and the music starts play, playing or we get to praying. It's not just something we work up. It's something that's always in here. It's, amen. The Bible says, where's, where's your sting, O grave? 
Oh, I still got victory. I said, I still got a hope. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said, I still got hope. <laughs> Hallelujah. The last song he sung to me on that hospital bed was, I want to stroll over heaven with you. I said, son, I'm coming. Just hang on. We're going to stroll over heaven together. And we're going to enjoy health. We're going to enjoy a brand new body. We won't have to creep around. But we're going we're gonna to run. We're going to rejoice. We're going to lift up that name that is above every name because we're going to have a brand new body. We're going to have a brand new life. Old things have passed away. All them old diseases, all them old sickness, they ain't eternal. They just for a little while. Hold on. God, my God, my God, hold on. Your afflictions ain't eternal, but they're just for a little while. Hold on. The light that God blesses is he blesses those lies that hold on. That's going to be our reward one day. I ain't got my reward yet. I'm working on it. I'm striving to enter in at that straight gate. I'm pressing forward toward the mark for the prize of the higher calling. I can't quit now. Kick old quitter out the door and start pressing on. Kick old dread and doubt and unbelief out the door and keep marching on. Victory is ahead. Victory's ahead. Throughout all of our lives, we have identified with those who mourn. We often associate mourning with the death of loved ones, but any loss can result in mourning. Loss of a job due to layoffs or a house that is burnt can cause mourning. Parents can feel mourning. When the last child leaves the house, that's for sure. <laughs> Amen. It's quiet. You look at each other and say, well, say something. Okay. How are you today? <laughs> I'm pretty good. How are you? And it's quiet around here, ain't it? Lord, forgive me for wishing that her and grow up. I really didn't know what I was saying. <laughs> it gets real quiet. My daughter and her husband are going through it now. Parents can feel mourning when they, their last child has left the house and their home is so silent. Certainly, we mourn when we realize how poor in spirit we are and how much our sins separate us from God. No matter the reason we mourn, we have the promise of God's comfort in the midst of our mourning. Just uh, Jesus offered, uh, often referred to the Holy Spirit as a comforter in John 14 and 6 and 26, uh, John 15 and 26, and John 16 and 7. When we are filled with God's Spirit, we can be confident uh, the ever-present comforter dwell within us and will provide timely comfort during times of mourning. He's always there. Not, not all emphasis, uh, emptiness is bad. To, to, meet, to be meek is to be empty of pride and self. 
to be gentle and slow to anger. Meekness is not cowardice, but it's uh, patience and long-suffering even in the face of persecutions. Amen. Some people think being a Christian is weak. But we woke up to reality one day and realized that even though Samson was a big old guy, he was only human. And you and I, too, are only human. We can care so much, only so much weight. And that's when we go back to the scripture where Jesus says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Cast your cares upon me. When we can't carry those cares anymore, when it gets heavy, we have an opportunity to cast them on Jesus. And it's our choice. I said it's our choice. We can tote them around and watch ourselves hit the ground and never get up again. Or we can say, okay, God, I, I humbly humble myself before you. I realize I'm only human. I can't carry this burden. I can't carry this load. I've been there a lot of times. I do my best to carry it as far as I can carry it. And, and then I go to the scripture. He said, when, I, when you've done all you can do to stand, just stand. And that's when I cast my cares on him. Okay, Lord, this is as far as I can go. i got to have you. No doubt he helped me get that far. Casting our cares on him. Amen. This passage is a helpful reminder that it is impossible to fully discover God until we know him in purity and holiness. Pure in the heart does not mean we're perfect and, you, and, and never make mistakes. Pure in heart means our heart is single, undivided. We're, we're not living on the fence about our relationship with Jesus. Simply stated, pure in the heart is living on the right side of the when God is our everything. We can't serve two masters. That's what the word of God says. We have to choose. Jesus spoke a special blessing over the peacemakers. Those willing to make peace have a beautiful privilege of being called the children of God. Being a peacemaker is not always easy, especially in a troubled and hostile world. But being full being full of God's Spirit has always been a sign of belonging to God. When Jesus promised to send the Holy Spirit, he also promised peace. I leave with you my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you, but his peace passes all understanding. In another place, Jesus noted, By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one for another. Amen. We know, and we've, we've talked about it several times, we know that love covers a multitude of sin. If we can get love in our hearts, we can overlook people's faults and failures. 
Come on, we can overlook their sins and we can pray for them until they get victory over their sins. That's why, and I thank God for our church. That's why I'm so thankful we got a church that you may not be where we're at, some that's been here for several years, and we're still trying to get there. So don't look at us as we think ourselves holier than thou. We're just a little higher on the ladder, been climbing a little higher than some of our newer converts. But we don't look down on our new converts and expect them to be up that ladder where we're at. Amen. But we give them a chance to grow in the Lord. And we let God do the convicting. Amen. We can't convict nobody. When we try to convict them, it's really condemning them. Come on. When we try to convict them and get them to believe like we want them to believe, it's really condemning them because they don't. But until God opens our eyes of understanding, amen, and that's what we need to pray for, God, open their eyes. Amen. That's what the prophet told uh, uh, the Lord to open his eyes and let him see all those that were encamped around about him. Amen. They got to have their eyes open. I didn't see this oneness doctrine until God. God opened my eyes. Amen. Nobody condemned me in here because I didn't see it. They just kept loving me and preaching the truth with love and compassion. And God who loved me and desires me to know the truth because he knows that's what's going to set me free. Amen. He opened my eyes to that truth. So if he did that for me, he'll do it for others. Amen. If he convicted me of something that the church needs to be convicted of he'll do the convicting I don't have to worry about it I told Jason the other day I said and I told brother Paul this morning when we and we're good about this all of us probably when we put something in God's hands to take care of we don't pray and put it in his hands and then before we leave take it out of his hands and go take care of it ourselves this is not, let me say that again. When we put something in God's hands, we leave it there and let God take care of it. Whether it's today or tomorrow or whenever it is. Because when God takes care of it, it's going to be taken care of. When we take care of it, it's not going to be done the right way in God's time. So no matter how, how uh in a hurry, for the lack of words, no matter how in a hurry we may be for God to do something, we don't take it out of his hands. We wait upon the Lord. The Bible says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as an eagle. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. Listen here, a lot of people are fainting because they got out of the will of God. Amen. They wanted to do it their way and not God's way. We got to wait upon the Lord. And when God says, okay, it's time, he will speak to you and you will know beyond a shadow of a doubt it is God's will, not my will. Ain't that how he told us to pray? Not my will be done on earth but thy will be done on earth it may be God's will down the road but it may not be God's will for right now come on church somebody ought to get this today hallelujah God's ways are not our ways hallelujah so we need to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that we are heard from the voice of God unless we fall into temptation and we 
become a shipwreck. Man, I've been shipwrecked before because I got out of the will of God. And sometimes the price is bigger than what you want to pay when you get out of the will of God. Believe you me. And sometimes we spend the rest of our life trying to pay for it. And somehow or another we can't gather up the pieces. Because you see, it's not just about me and what I want. I've got a family that's following me. I've got people that's looking up to me. Amen. So I can't just step out of the will of God and do what I want to do. I've got to make sure I'm staying in the will of God because I've got eyes watching me and I've got people following me and I'm going to be responsible for every one of them that I lead the wrong direction. Hello? Amen. You got to make sure when I get behind this pulpit, whatever comes out of this mouth better be of God. Because if it's not, I'm going to pay for it. But just like David, his mistake or his sin that he committed, it took thousands of lives, and he was able to live. But he took it caused the death of thousands of people innocent people that were out there fighting for him and their nation. But because just a moment of lust and desire to, to do what he wanted to do got him on the wrong track. And he paid for it the rest of his life. He paid for it the rest of his life. The life that God wants to bless is that meek life. The one that is willing mind, soul, and body to give it all to Jesus and follow him no matter what. Amen? It's getting kind of quiet in here now, but that's okay. We're at the end of this service. <laughs> we can't imagine how much our God really loves us. I tried to. I went back to Isaiah for the bill this week and I looked at it. And I went to Matthew, and I read about the crucifixion, the stripes, the mocking, the crown of thorns. And yet I still can't imagine how much my God loved me and how much he loves us lost and dying world. God helped me to get a burden like I've never carried before. Have you ever been really hungry? I know you have if you fasted and stuff. And you've literally felt the pains grabbing anything in there that was left to eat. I mean, you could have eaten the whole can of beans, can and all. <laughs> the first time I ever went on a fast, our pastor at that time took us on a count three days without anything but water. That fast did not do me no good. I don't think it did anyway. It made me not want to fast three more days. I don't <laughs> but the pain, we was young converts. I never felt such pain. I could eat liver and onions, and I hate it. 
that's the pain that God wants us to feel a hungering for souls that same kind of pain that our inside will yearn God I can't make it unless I have souls give me souls lest I die give me souls Lord lest I die give me a burden for souls God have mercy a hungering God a hunger what happens when you're hungry you're going to go to the table if mama ain't got it on the table you're going to rush her you're going to try to find you something. Well, let me get a snack. Let me just do anything. I can't make it any further. Give me a hunger in that way. Push me, whatever you got to do. Break me, this old man, till I get a hunger for souls. Why don't we stand? That's how much Jesus loved you and me. He loved us so much that he wasn't about to call 10,000 angels, Brother Paul, because he knew if he didn't pay that price, and it's a price, church. It's a price we're going to pay if we're going to have new converts. It is a price. Have you ever noticed the people that want healing, want the ministry of healing, they go through all kinds of sicknesses and problems in their physical beings. A lot of them. I've read Smith Wigglesworth's book. He ministered many times and had a long coat on because of, of bleeding ulcers and things, that, but he still went and ministered. For a year or so, he did that. God never healed him until after for so long a time. But people were getting healed everywhere under his ministry. The price. What kind of price are we willing to pay is what God's asking us. We can have anything we want. The gifts, the spirit, they're all there. We can have them if we want to pay the price. When we got a Holy Ghost conviction service, that's exactly what we want. But when we get back home, soon fades away. We don't want to pay the price no more. But until we're ready to pay the price, We'll not see those chains broken. We'll not see the church filled up. We can sit and wonder all we want to. But until I'm ready to pay the price, and when I pay the price, then I can tell that soul out there, I've been where you sit, where you're standing right now. I was preaching, and I'm fixing clothes. I was preaching an uncle, not really an uncle, but we knew him as an uncle. Funeral one time, and I never will forget it. I walked into their house, and his wife was sitting there, and I said, I'm so sorry. I know what you're going through. She looked up at me, Brother Bill. She said, you have no idea what I'm going through. You've never been there. And that was true. I never so how could I say I knew what she was going through? Unless you've been there, how can you help somebody else? How can we truly say, I know what you're going through? 
It's a price we have to pay sometimes to know what somebody's going through with. It's big, but do we really want to be a help or a comforter? Or somebody can say, I know. I know because I know. I do know. I felt that pain. Jesus said, I know what you're going through. You know why I know? I've been there. I've been there. It's just quiet this morning, but you know what? God's speaking. He's speaking to my heart. He may not be speaking to you. But he is speaking to me. He has been. God help me to be willing to pay a price that this old flesh don't want to pay. It's easy to go home and get a, get a plate and set before me. It's easy to run to the medicine cabinet and get medicine. Come on, church. We depend more on medicine today than we do God. I know this is not a popular subject for none of us because we all do it. I know what you're going through, but I know the God that helped me is going to be the God that's going to help you. And when we pay that price, God's going to honor us for paying that price, and he's going to minister to those who we minister to. Do you see what I'm trying to say today? When we pay that price, then we're going to say, I know the God that helped me through it, I shook that man's hand the other day and we cried together because we just went through something together, the same thing together. We know the same pain. And I said, Roy, and he said, Brother Anthony, when we get ready to hurt or cry, we can call each other. We can hold hands and we can cry until we get it over with. And I said, I'm here for you. I will cry with you. I will hurt with you as you hurt and cry with me because we knew what each other was going through with but I want to be able to help somebody else. I know now, Brother Bill, I've been there. I know. But I also know the comforter that is going to get us through, Brother Roy, if we lean and depend on him. I can't make it without him, and you can't make it without him. But with him and together, we can make it. Would you give the Lord a hand praise for victory today?